Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and today's case is out of Benton Harbor, Michigan. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. Twenty-three-year-old Tyrone Hassel III was the proud namesake of his father and grandfather. He didn't grow up with much, but never let that stop him from being this positive, hardworking guy whose friends told ABC 57 made everyone around him want to be a better person. He came from this massive family, not just huge, but massive. According to the Daily Mail, he had more than a handful of siblings, but when it came to Tyrone's family— Cousins were like brothers, and aunts and uncles were as close to you as anyone else. His family was filled with love. Tyrone went to high school in Michigan, and according to Killer Couples on the Oxygen Network, was a star baseball player. He did so well that in his senior year, he got a scholarship to Grand Valley State University. His family was beyond proud. Two years into his time in college in 2015, something else started pulling at Tyrone's heart. It was his drive to serve his country, so he told his parents he wanted to enlist in the Army, and he did. Tyrone went off to boot camp, graduated, and started his military career. Throughout his career, the Daily Mail reports he earned the Army Achievement Medal and the German Army Proficiency Badge. His family thought they were proud when he earned his scholarship to college, but this was on another level. They were beaming with pride at the man Tyrone had become. While in the military, he was temporarily stationed at Fort Carson in Colorado, which is where he met a girl named Kamaya. Kamaya was in the same unit as Tyrone, and she was everything he had ever dreamed of. They fell in love fast, and they fell in love hard. They both shared the same love for serving their country, they each knew what it was like being away from family, and what the military life entailed. To Tyrone, she hung the moon. Tyrone's family loved Kamaya, and Kamaya's family loved Tyrone, so it's no surprise that the two didn't wait long before making it official. By 2017, they were husband and wife, and about a year later, they were husband, wife, and baby. Tyrone III welcomed Tyrone IV. The day Tyrone IV was born was easily the best day of Tyrone's life. He had loved baseball. He took pride in his military service. His wife hung the moon, but his son was the center of his universe. At this point in Tyrone's life, everything was so perfect that it almost seemed like a movie. He was successful. His wife was successful. There was another Tyrone hassle in the world, and all was right. In the beginning of 2018, both Tyrone and Kamaya were deployed to South Korea. It was a nine-month deployment, and while they were both in the same unit, they deployed at different times. While they were gone, Killer Couples reports that Tyrone's father and stepmother took care of Tyrone Hassel IV. It was hard for Tyrone being away from his son, but his stepmom told the outlet that he would FaceTime him two to three times a day. And when he got home in October of 2018, he was promoted to sergeant. And while that was an incredible honor, he was most excited to be reunited with his son. Which is why just two months later, Tyrone, Kamaya, and their son decided to spend the December holidays visiting Tyrone's family in Benton Harbor, Michigan. The two and a half weeks they were there were filled with family gatherings and catching up with old friends. Tyrone even offered to cut hair for his old friends while he was there. On New Year's Eve, December 31st of 2018, Tyrone's family was having a party to ring in the new year. 
According to Killer Couples, his stepmother was working the night shift at the local hospital that night and couldn't stay home with Tyrone the Fourth. So Kamaya stayed behind at Tyrone's father's house so her husband could spend the evening with his family. The family gathering wasn't far away, and just before 11, Kamaya asked Tyrone if he could swing by real quick and bring her and their son a plate of food. Of course, Tyrone said yes, so he grabbed two plates, filled them with food, and hopped in the truck to take them to Kamaya and be back before the ball dropped. But Tyrone never made it back. When he got to his dad's house, he brought Kamaya the food and headed back outside to his truck to go back to the party. But before he could get into his truck, he was ambushed. Kamaya ran outside and saw Tyrone laying in a pool of blood on the driveway. It was clear he'd been shot in the head, but she had heard several gunshots. At 11.05 p.m., Kamaya called 911. ABC 57 was able to get a recording of the call as well as audio from radio traffic to the scene. Kamaya told the dispatcher that she needed help, that her husband had been shot. The traffic over the radio said that Tyrone wasn't breathing. Police got to the scene and found Kamaya holding Tyrone, who didn't appear to be conscious. However, as EMS started assessing him, the Killer Couples episode reported that they'd found a pulse. Knowing he was still alive, the race was on to get Tyrone into the ambulance and to the hospital as fast as possible. In a body cam video obtained by ABC 57, you can see Kamaya trying to get into the ambulance with her husband, but she's pulled out. While Kamaya was left on scene with detectives, Tyrone was heading to the same hospital his stepmother was working at, and as he rolled into the ambulance bay, she recognized him. The doctors did everything they could, but they couldn't save Tyrone. His stepmother told killer couples that the doctors told her Tyrone was already gone when he got there. Back at the scene, Tyrone's father was trying to figure out what was even happening. How did his son, who doesn't even live here, who was just visiting for the holidays, get ambushed and shot to death in his driveway? As the scene was being processed, killer couples showed photos of 9mm shell casings littered in the driveway, all in the area where Tyrone's body had been found. Whoever shot him had come up right on him. Whoever did this wasn't going to risk missing, which seemed strangely personal, especially for someone who Tyrone's father and Kamaya said didn't have any enemies, and certainly not any 950 miles away from home. At first, everyone wondered if this was a robbery gone wrong, that maybe someone assumed everyone was out of the house and that Tyrone had walked out on them as they were trying to get inside. But in the body cam footage, you can see his dad ask officers to check Tyrone's pockets because he knew he just had money. Tyrone's money was still there, and so was his cell phone. And if the killer really wanted to get away quickly, he could have stolen Tyrone's truck, which the detective told killer couples still had the keys in it. It was clear that this wasn't a robbery. According to the outlet, Tyrone's stepbrother had recently been involved in a minor situation where he might have made some enemies. It involved an allegation of a stolen cell phone and some dudes that may or may not have been pretty pissed at him. Mistaken identity seemed like it fit here, so they interviewed Tyrone's stepbrother and asked him about the stolen phone. As well as mistaken identity seemed to fit on the outside, 
When it came down to it, a detective told the show that the guy wound up getting his cell phone back and was out of town the night of the murder, so it couldn't have been him plotting some kind of vengeance. And with that, they were back to square one with nothing to go on and none of this making any sense. As they continued working the scene, police found a shoe print. It had been raining that night and it was clear that the print was fresh. They knew someone had shot Tyrone from close range, so there was a good chance that this shoe print came from the person who shot him. They brought out a canine unit and the dog immediately picked up on a scent and started walking. The dog followed the scent down a house and across the street and then stopped. The officer on scene said that the canine stopped in the middle of a driveway. The driveway of a house that was up for sale and vacant. There was a strong possibility that whoever killed Tyrone had parked their car in that driveway, shot Tyrone, and sped off. And that theory added up, because when police spoke to the neighbor across the street from that vacant house, they distinctly remembered seeing a dark-colored car with a man parked inside of it. According to WNDU, the neighbor saw this person grab something from the back seat. According to Killer Couples, the neighbor then saw him exit the video and shortly after heard gunshots and screeching tires. All hands were on deck trying to figure out who this guy could be when Killer Couples reports just five hours after Tyrone was shot, they got a report of another shooting just a couple miles away. Everyone rushed over to that house to see if maybe the same killer had struck again, and if so, maybe they could catch the killer closer to their newest victim. But when they got on scene, it was clear that this shooting was unrelated. It was related to an argument at a New Year's Eve party which ended in gunfire. The scene of Tyrone's shooting was eventually cleared, but his family was terrified. They had no idea who had shot Tyrone and whether or not they planned to come back. Tyrone's father took on role as protector of the family without hesitation. As he and Kamaya were planning Tyrone's funeral, WNDU reports that he made sure to keep Tyrone's wife and son away from the windows and doors, and if either of them had to leave the house, he made sure to walk out first. Kamaya and Tyrone IV were supposed to head back to Georgia on the 2nd, but that just wasn't a possibility. She had just lost her husband, she was planning his funeral, and the family just honestly needed each other. The 3rd was actually Kamaya's birthday, so in lieu of a birthday party, because frankly no one was in the partying mood, they held a vigil for Tyrone instead. ABC 57 shared posts that Kamaya wrote on her Facebook, which read, My baby loved me. I owe you another baby. We needed a girl. And I wish I was dreaming, man. I'm trying not to blame myself. Hashtag rip to my baby. The days went by agonizingly slow. The family waited for any updates, but every lead the police tracked down resulted in a dead end. The more time passed, the more they felt like Tyrone's case wouldn't be solved though they held out hope that by the day of his funeral, there would be an arrest. And there was. On July 10th, 2019, Savannah now reports that investigators got a tip. But it wasn't from Michigan. It was all the way back in Georgia, at Fort Stewart, where Tyrone and Kamaya were both stationed. It simply said, investigators need to look at the victim's wife and a boyfriend who serves in her platoon. This wasn't even on the radar. Until this tip, Kamaya just seemed like a grieving widow who was trying to figure out what life was supposed to look like without her husband and the father of her baby in it. 
Without telling Tyrone's family, multiple jurisdictions across Michigan and Georgia went full speed ahead trying to figure out if this tip held weight, and if so, who this boyfriend might be, and they started in Fort Stewart, Georgia. According to the Coastal Courier, during interviews with different soldiers who knew and worked with Tyrone and Kamaya, one of them told officers that Kamaya had been having an affair with another guy. Okay, so that's two people who are reporting this affair. But this guy, Kamaya's manstress, wasn't just some rando or someone Kamaya had met in passing. No, he was in both her and Tyrone's unit. It was 25-year-old Jeremy Quaylar. According to the Killer Couples episode, their affair had started all the way back when the three of them were stationed in South Korea. In the episode, it seemed like everyone knew about the affair but Tyrone. Well, Tyrone and Jeremy's wife because he was married too. This tip kept going though. According to Killer Couples, on January 8th, Eight days after Tyrone's murder, the unit was having a morning briefing about Tyrone's death and how they'd lost one of their own. After the briefing, Jeremy bragged to this guy about how he had done what he had to do, that he had staked out the place and killed Tyrone. The Coastal Courier went into a little more detail about this tip and said that Jeremy bragged that he had shot Tyrone in the head, but when he noticed he was still breathing, went up to Tyrone and shot him again to confirm the kill. If chills just went down your spine, you are not alone. This was all coming together within hours of getting that first tip, and it was going to be confirmed one more time. Another soldier came forward and said that Jeremy had told him that he and Kamaya were planning to kill Tyrone when they went away for the holidays. He says Jeremy told him that either he was going to shoot Tyrone or he was going to hire someone to do it. You might be wondering why all of this is just coming out now and why no one came forward before. But after reading a report by ABC 57, it looks like the original tip came from someone's mom, someone whom Jeremy had bragged to about killing Tyrone. So it sounds like he called his mom to tell her what he'd been told and his mom was like, glad you called me, I'm calling the cops. The tip about the murder being planned all along? Who knows? Maybe this person just didn't believe what Jeremy was saying. Police had been without any real leads in this case for 10 days, and in the span of just a few hours, they had multiple reports of the affair, someone saying it was planned, and someone saying Jeremy had bragged about it. So that night, WNDU reports the local police in Michigan called Tyrone's dad and said that something had come up. The detective told his dad that he and Kamaya needed to get down to the station and to make sure Kamaya brought her phone. The phone thing felt weird, but they were the police and they were investigating a murder, so he didn't ask questions. When Kamaya and Tyrone's dad got to the station, detectives pretty quickly separated the two. However, they didn't ask his father to stay. Instead, they told him to go home and get some rest because Kamaya was going to be there a while. The Coastal Courier reports that after he left, Kamaya was asked about this affair and everything that had been relayed by other soldiers at Fort Stewart, and she denied everything. She didn't know why anyone would say that Jeremy was just some guy they worked with. So, they asked her if she'd be willing to take a polygraph, and of course, she said yes, which was the beginning of the end for this asshole. Kamaya flunked that bitch like an algebra test and then sang like a bird. 
Kamaya word vomited her entire plot to have her manstress kill her husband so she could collect Tyrone's military benefits and run off into the sunset with Jeremy. All the way back in April of 2018, Killer Couples reports Kamaya sent Jeremy the following message. We can be together if my husband is out of the picture. And the twisted plot to kill Tyrone began. She and Jeremy had used Snapchat to hash out the details, thinking there's some kind of covert operation because an app with dog filters deletes shit after it's seen. It should come as no shock that Kamaya deleted her Snapchat account on January 2nd. According to the Coastal Courier, Kamaya and Jeremy met up on several occasions to discuss details, like where to kill Tyrone. It couldn't be in South Korea or in Georgia. I mean, that would have made it too obvious that it was personal. So they decided it had to happen when the couple was on leave in Michigan. She admitted that during their trip, Jeremy had driven from Fort Stewart all the way up to Chicago and then Benton Harbor to kill Tyrone. On four separate occasions between December 19th and December 31st, Tyrone had no idea that someone was following him and waiting for the opportunity to kill him, including a time earlier on the night of the 31st on his way home from Walmart. According to the outlet, Jeremy didn't follow through with that attempt because Tyrone wasn't alone. And Kamaya wasn't happy about that. She wanted Tyrone dead that night. She knew they'd be going home in a couple of days, and she didn't want Tyrone coming with her. But according to the outlet, she admits that Jeremy seemed to have mixed feelings about the whole thing. None of that mattered, though. Kamaya wanted Tyrone dead, and Jeremy was going to do it, so she lured Tyrone home by asking for plates of food for herself and their son, and then told Jeremy that he was on his way to the house. According to a snapshot of messages shown on Killer Couples, Jeremy's text from Kamaya read, He's coming home with food shortly. Get it done now. A report by the Coastal Courier says that Kamaya admits she didn't immediately go outside when she heard the shots. She knew her husband had been killed. Kamaya wasn't afraid. Kamaya had planned, delegated, and completed her sadistic mission. Around 10 p.m. on the night of the 10th, the same night the first tip had come in about her, Kamaya Hassel was arrested and charged with first-degree premeditated murder. While Kamaya was being arrested, Killer Couples reports that Jeremy was simultaneously being arrested at his own home in Georgia. He had just gotten out of the shower and was taken to jail in nothing but a towel, and no one felt bad for him. Tyrone's family had no idea that any of this was going on. All they knew was that Kamaya had been taken in for questioning the night of the 10th, and by the 11th, the day of Tyrone's funeral, she still hadn't come home. WNDU reports that just hours before Tyrone's funeral was about to start, the funeral that Kamaya had helped plan, a detective called Tyrone's father and gave him the news that they'd held out hope for, that his son's killer had been arrested before his service. What they didn't anticipate was who it was. According to the Daily Mail, the detective told him, We've solved your son's murder. It was Kamaya. 
Both families were stunned. They couldn't believe it. Not only had she been cheating on Tyrone, she had planned his murder and had the man she was cheating on him with drive 14 and a half hours to shoot him in his father's driveway with his son right inside the house. Kamaya had fully planned to play the grieving widow at Tyrone's funeral, collect his military benefits, and start a whole new life with another man in his unit. Fourteen days after Tyrone was killed, Kamaya was arraigned on her charges, though she didn't seem to be taking them particularly seriously. Because when the judge asked her if she had read her rights, she said, I read some of it. She was seemingly emotionless as she was given a $2.5 million bond. And if she somehow managed to come up with $250,000, she'd be bound with a GPS monitor to make sure she didn't skip town. Jeremy was arraigned the following day and his ass stayed in jail as well and was given orders to be extradited back to Michigan where the murder was committed. Over the next month, February of 2019, Tyrone and Kamaya's son turned two years old. His father pointing out on Facebook that Tyrone IV wasn't able to celebrate his birthday with either of his parents because his mother had orchestrated the murder of his father. Kamaya and Jeremy both pled not guilty, regardless of the detailed confession Kamaya had given, and Tyrone's father focused on forgiveness. That's the kind of family Tyrone came from. His father told WNDU that everyone deserves forgiveness, but he wants answers. He wants to have a conversation with his former daughter-in-law so he can try and figure out what was going through her head. Kamaya's trial happened in record time. By July 15, 2019, she was sitting in front of a jury and the prosecution was laying out its evidence, the most damning being her own confession. A confession the defense tried to claim was coerced. Okay. That theory shit the bed when the prosecution played a recorded jailhouse phone call between Kamaya and her mother. You can hear the call on Kamaya's episode of Killer Couples. Kamaya flat out told her mother that she knew what was going on and that it was planned in Korea. She claims that Jeremy made her plan it so the two of them could be together. Her mom was appalled and asked if someone was making her say this, to which Kamaya said no. So unless they're saying both confessions were coerced, they're up shit's creek without a popsicle stick. Kamaya's trial lasted three days, but it only took the jury an hour to decide she was guilty. Tyrone's father posted on Facebook, they got her ass. At Kamaya's sentencing hearing, she chose not to say a word to her husband's parents, who had loved her as if she was their own. However, they had plenty to say to her. According to WNDU, his father told her, Tyrone was something to everybody he met, but to you he was expendable. He was a check, a $400,000 check. His mother told her, I hope every time you close your eyes, my son taps you on your shoulder and smiles, just to remind you that his life is not over because he is still living in God and you will be living in hell until the day you die. The judge gave Kamaya life in prison with 320 days of time served, which means absolutely nothing because forever is forever. According to the outlet, the judge told her, Miss Hassel, the road to redemption is long and arduous, and you will spend the rest of your life walking it. Following Kamaya's sentencing, it didn't take Jeremy long to realize that going to trial would be a terrible idea for him. 
According to WNDU, when investigators searched his car, they found a 9mm bullet in the front seat of his black Chevy Impala, a vehicle that matched the description of the one the neighbors saw across the street the night Tyrone was killed. They found three more bullets in the back driver's seat pocket and a 9mm magazine on the floor behind the passenger seat. At his house, the outlet reports, the police found evidence that he had recently activated a new iPhone and killer couples reported that they found the paperwork for recently purchased guns. Guns that were sold to him by another soldier. One purchased in October, the month Tyrone came home from South Korea, and one in December, the month he shot and killed Tyrone. They never found the 9mm gun. To boot, the outlet reports that a license plate reader on a patrol car put his vehicle in Benton Harbor within three hours of Tyrone's murder. On July 29, 2019, Jeremy pled guilty to a lesser charge of second-degree murder and was sentenced to a minimum of 65 years instead of life in prison, which is going to be life in prison unless he's some kind of wizard. WNDU reported on his sentencing hearing where Tyrone's mother told him, All of this for my son's body. You could have had his house, his wife, and helped raise his son, but you could never be him. He was better than you, and he still is. Because the kind of person he is, his name will live on. When she mentioned having to watch videos just to hear her son's voice, the outlet reports that Jeremy burst into tears. Jeremy, unlike Kamaya, actually did choose to address Tyrone's family. He apologized to them, saying that he was a fool for just taking her words and not really looking to see who Tyrone was. He said that what he did was stupid and that he was raised right and that this wasn't him at all, but was having issues with his own demons. With both of Tyrone's killers behind bars for good, his family was left to figure out what life looked like without him. On the first Thanksgiving after his passing, his father posted a video of Tyrone proudly vacuuming the home he'd purchased for his little family while singing and dancing like no one was watching. On the one-year anniversary of Tyrone's death, the police department led the family in a line with flashing lights down what they called Tyrone's last ride. They took the same route Tyrone did at the exact same time he had just a year earlier, ending at his father's house where they set off fireworks in his honor. This might be the time where you think this episode ends, but in a swift kick of Here Comes the Asshole, in July of 2020, Jeremy decided that he wanted to recant his guilty plea. According to the Herald Palladium, he was claiming that he had ineffective counsel that pressured him into pleading out because the jury would hate him and he'd get the death penalty. The problem with morons is that they're stupid. There is no death penalty in Michigan. Nonetheless, they held a hearing where his attorney said that he never felt like it was in Jeremy's best interest to plead guilty. According to WNDU, he was shocked when Jeremy wanted to plea out and not just plead no contest, but to plead guilty, saying that Jeremy told him that God was telling him to make it right with Tyrone's family. The judge denied Jeremy's attempt to withdraw his guilty plea, so he appealed that decision with the Supreme Court, who also denied him. In summary, Jeremy is still an idiot and still in jail and will be for another 60-odd years. 
Tyrone IV is happy and healthy in the arms of a family that loves him more than words can describe. Both Tyrone's family and Kamaya's family. His father still lives in the home where his son was killed, telling WNDU that he's thought about moving but feels like he'd be leaving his son if he did. I thought of a hundred ways to end this episode in a manner that would honor Tyrone the way he deserves to be honored, but I don't think anyone can do that better than his own father did. In a statement to WNDU, he said, Tyrone was a sergeant. That speaks volumes. That's what I want everybody to remember him as, as Sergeant Hassel III. He was a hero. For all photos pertaining to Tyrone's case, check out his highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and meet me there tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, where you go live with me and we discuss his case. If you like your podcast ad-free, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bigmadtruecrime, where for just one whole dollar a month, your episodes are totally ad-free. If you need more episodes in your life, for just $5 a month, you get a bonus episode on the first Monday of every month, which is today. All your episodes are ad-free, and you'll also receive a forever discount code for all Big Mad True Crime merch. And of course, anytime you sign up, you get instant access to all previous bonus episodes. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out. (laughs) 